Hey everybody, welcome to episode 50 of the Chan's Logic Podcast with your host Chandler and my special once in a while guest who reluctantly always wants to join the podcast, Steph. I I don't always want to join, I try and hide. Isn't that what reluctantly means? Oh, yeah. I took an aptitude test recently and it said that I have a very high vocabulary. Why didn't you say a word? You don't use it very often. I do too. What? No. This is why I'm sick. Chandler got me sick. Let's just put that out there. I did have the man flu recently. Mm. I'm just getting over it. And now I have it. Starting to feel better. And now Steph's going to pretend like her flu is worse. But it can't be worse because there's nothing that can contribute to how bad the man flu is or make anything sound worse than the man flu. I mean, I'm pregnant. I'm going to have the flu from you. Doesn't matter. Man flu is still worse. Okay. (laughs) You just, you can't win this argument. It's illegal. Anyway, today I wanted to talk about a pretty cool topic that I find to be endearing. And I think it's pretty important for anybody who's running a business or anybody who owns a business or anybody who's trying to hire and fire people in a management or leadership position. And the topic and the idea is the elephant and the rider. And I did a short video on this earlier. And if you're not familiar with this topic, there's a ton of good books on it and a ton of ton of great like psychological literature on it. But what it is, is it's the rational versus the irrational mind. And so the elephant is essentially the irrational mindset that people are into first. So the elephant is the one who gets to be exposed to what's happening first. And then the rider gets exposed, even though it seems like the rider is in control, the elephant is actually controlling the direction of the way you think. And if the elephant doesn't like what's going on, it pushes the rider aside, starts yelling a bunch of mumbo jumbo, and then completely takes over. So I'm the elephant. Well, everybody's the elephant at first. <laughs> oh, I'm always an elephant. And Well, occasionally your rider takes control if you let it. <laughs> And this is the idea behind, uh, so in terms of like politics, when someone says Republican and then all the Democrats say, raw, bad words, understand, bad, bad, pow, kill, that's the elephant speaking. Because usually what comes out of their mouth is gibberish that doesn't make any sense, but they hate the fact that the other person said something different so much that they, they lose their rational mind and com- become completely irrational in the way that they talk and speak. And this isn't just on the Republican side or whatever I just said, this is on both sides of the political argument. People just can't understand or fathom that someone could have a different viewpoint. And so the elephant takes over and doesn't allow them to pull back and under, actually take into account what people are saying and use their rational mind to analyze and create an analytical I- argument or an analytical mm-hmm. idea about what's actually going on. Just said a lot of words. Uh, uh, that's why I told you I took an aptitude test for vocabulary. <laughs> God. Uh, so when you, when you think about the way the mindset works and the psyche works, what it really is, is you have to speak to the elephant first and there's no way around this. It doesn't matter what you're doing in healthcare. When you're talking about people who don't like vaccinations, their elephant is being expelled and you have to get through that elephant before you can actually speak to the writer and talk to the real the human who understands and is analytical about the things that they want to talk about and the human who's going to think about things. And, and the way we talk to the elephant really is the elephant is going to learn and understand by the things that are going to enhance the emotional characteristics of what they're thinking. And so how do we tap into people's emotions and people's ideas and people's thoughts and feelings, Steph? 
fan and I'm pulling out their pain points. Exactly. And, and the way you pull out pain points <laughs> is you create a relate, relatability aspect to what's going on. And the, the re- relatability aspect really is telling stories that the people can relate to and they can capture their hearts, their minds, and their spirit and get them excited about it and really use their emotionally driven characteristics in a way that's going to get them excited about what you're doing. And that's storytelling is essentially the way we can get the elephant to be excited. The, the elephant isn't going to be excited about numbers. They don't care about data. They don't care about science. They don't care about, about analytics. They care about this makes me feel good. So I like this. And that's why the elephant is so hard to get into for people in like the scientific world or people in political arguments and stuff like that, or even people trying to hire and hire new staff. You need to draw them in with the emotional characteristics of how awesome it's going to be and what the environment's going to be and what they get out of it and where they can eventually end up before you can talk to them about the analytical stuff that the elephant doesn't care about. Right, Steph? Right, Steph. (laughs) (laughs) So talk about some times when you actually when we talk, when you have your elephant interact. So when Steph's driving often, the elephant is completely in control. And, and it's funny, and then I'm the writer in the back. When Do you think this person actually meant to do this? What Do you yes, think this is yes, an intentional did. thing? <laughs> and, and so it's, it's a perfect example in that environment of both of those characteristics kind of coming out and coming, in, and coming into play of the elephant and the writer. I'm not the one driving, so I'm not emotionally charged, but Steph is, so she's emotionally charged, and I'm the writer. charged all the time. You do let the elephant in control a lot. I told you, I'm the elephant was always in control. And so that's a good a good test in empathy or a good way to organize your empathy towards other people. When the elephant takes control, you take a step back and you learn to be say, well, hold on a second. Maybe not everybody is a bad person on the road. Maybe they are all trying to get somewhere and we're all in the same mindset. No, they're all out to get me. <laughs> Piss me off. <laughs> and, and that's how it seems. <laughs> it's true. I don't think it is though. Yeah. So maybe if you took a step back, are those people actually intentionally trying to crash into you and ruin your day? Yes. Or are they just trying to get to their point? They're trying to crash into you. Okay, I'm glad we talked about this. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you could objectively analyze the situation. (laughs) Well, it's an everyday occurrence. That's true. So maybe you you should pull it back, try to figure out what they're trying to do, which is just get somewhere. Mm -hmm. And And then you should drive. Use your empathetic mindset. I don't know. They shouldn't go into Chandler driving. You should drive. (laughs) I'm highly productive when I don't drive. (laughs) (laughs) But nobody's stressed out when you drive. That's true. Because I'm in, I have, I let the rider come out. No, No. you don't understand that. No, I mean, I get that. Oh, I just, you don't like that. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, <laughs> Steph's writer is emotionally burned and taken away. But when, when you think about this, most people do interact and react this way in their everyday lives. And most people do not have the writer in control often or at all or ever. And so we need to get to the elephant so the elephant will allow the writer to come out. Because if you don't speak to the elephant first, it won't let the writer come out. It'll block the writer. It'll tell the writer it's bad. And it just all the gibberish comes out. It's when it's like, rawr, nar, rawr, kill, nah, la, 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 bad words, other things that come out. And like me? Stuff, yeah. 
And so <laughs> we need to understand that if you want to get to the writer, you have to speak to the elephant first. And we speak to the elephant through storytelling. And this is why stories are so powerful, because if you want to give the emotionally driven, irrational mindset, if you want to get that mindset excited, you need to give that mindset something to be excited about. And so you use stories, relatability, and things that make them say, wow, that's me. I could do that. Huh? That's interesting. Maybe I should look more into this. And so that's, if you're in the fitness industry, it's showcasing like before and after pictures and stuff like that and telling stories, powerful stories about people who had a really big change and using a lot of these emotionally contexted words to get people excited about it because they don't care about numbers and they don't care about data yet. And they don't really care about you yet. All, the, all you need to do is get them excited to actually opt in and feed into what you're doing. If you're in something like real estate, uh, we often see people just showing a beautiful house, which is cool, but you're not speaking to the elephant. Nobody cares about how pretty the house is and how many apples you have on the table or how much, well, they might care if you give them sushi at an open house. That'd probably be a good elephant tactic. That'd be pretty cool. But they do care about how happy they're going to feel as part of that community. And they do feel how, how cool they're going to feel as part of that community. And they care about, oh, my, the school has nice things. There's cool stores. There's happy people. And there's stuff that I can be excited about. And then I think after, and if you're hiring, so if you're hiring someone, it has to be, this is what you can expect. This is where you can end up. These are the amazing things you get with this position. And this is all the sunshine and gumdrops associated with it. Then when you pull the people in and you've actually got them in front of you and you're able to speak to them, interview them, show them what you have to offer, or you're selling them something. Once you get to the point to where they're sold, you can start speaking to the writers. So, okay, now that you're purchasing this product or you're purchasing this house or you're you're an employee of what we're doing. These are the things that are expected of you. These are the contracts we're going to set up front. These are the requirements. And these are the real deal, real life things that you have to pay attention to in order to make this work long run. And so that way you're able to speak to both subsets. First, the elephant to draw them in and to get them excited about it and to actually get them to care and to allow the writer to be able to actually showcase that they want to be part of it and see it and be analytical. Then you speak to the writer because then the writer gets the opportunity to say, okay, these are, this is what's respect, uh, expected of me. This is what's required. And this is how I need to go about to make this actually work. And so then the analytical side can actually get into play. Bam. Bam. <laughs> <laughs> but so and it's an interesting topic. And I encourage all of you guys who are listening to at least pick up a book or Google Elephant and the Rider and read the Wikipedia page. There's stuff all over about this. And it's a really interesting topic in both marketing, business, sales, and recruiting and hiring. And it's, it's all the same prospecting and it's all the same system and the same mindset we're trying to speak to. Speak to the irrationally, emotionally driven mindset, then speak to the rational and analytical driven mindset. Because if you can't speak to the irrational, emotionally charged mindset, you won't get to the analytical driven mindset. And that's pretty much how you organize it. So when you're building your processes and you're building your strategies, think about how can I get to, how can I supercharge these emotions to get them to care? And then, okay, now how do I get them now, once I get them in front of me and I get to actually talk about this stuff, how do I speak to the analytical side and how do I get them to make sh make sure they understand this isn't just sunshine and gumdrops and elephants speaking now. They have to understand the processes, the procedures, the requirements, and the responsibilities of actually what's happening. And that's, and that's the elephant and the writer theory. 
Oh, great. You ruined the podcast. Oh, I told well, you not to sneeze. I can't help it. <laughs> so when you like the picture that went with the elephant and the rider. What was the picture? Remember we saw it in the National Geographic? Oh, yeah. Thing, and a, then you saw it on the book? Yeah, it was a, it a was picture. It was an elephant with a rider swimming in the water. That's true. The, the rider was on top. Yep. And it's an interesting context because these the rider's seemingly in control, but the rider gets pushed aside every time because the elephant's the one that's actually in control. Mm-hmm. And so think about this when you guys are building your processes. Think about this when you're hiring, especially hiring. I talked to a couple of recruiters about this, and they said they could use it in their recruiting endeavors, and it's huge. Because a lot of the time, we only speak to the elephant about the sunshine and gumdrops and all the cool stuff that could happen, especially in small to medium-sized businesses. But if we fail to speak to the rider once we reel them in and actually pull them in and got a, and have gotten a good prospect, then they they have false expectations, and those false expectations carry forward. So it's recruiting is about marketing the position to a point to where people are excited about wanting to be part of this, and they're opting in and applying for it. And then the second phase is talking to the analytical side and the writer side of things and telling them what's required, what's expected, how they can talk to people, what the environment looks like and what the pathway looks like, how difficult it's going to be and all of that stuff. Because if you don't ever speak to the writer and when you're recruiting, you're going to recruit people who expect sunshine and gumdrops. And then it's your own fault for recruiting the wrong type of people. Mm-hmm. True. And that's all she wrote for the elephant and the writer. I hope you guys enjoyed this this podcast. To sum it up, you need to speak to the emotionally driven mindset, the elephant first. So use stories to tell relatable stories. Try to relate to the people. Show them the dream and show them the vision of where they can be and how awesome it's going to be. And then once you've reeled them in, talk about the actual policies and procedures and the things that the analytical, yeah, the boring stuff that the analytical mindset can think about once the elephants let it in. Right. And if you can do that, you'll be able to you'll be able to not only market to people, you'll be able to hire the right people and fire the right people. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. So if you guys have questions, post them in the comments. I'd love to hear your thoughts and feedback on this. If you're trying to figure something out, post it in the comments or shoot me an email, Chandler at StoneAgefield.com, and we can work on this together. I encourage you guys to read a book on the elephant and the rider and understand the theory more in depth or at least get an idea of the two different mindsets people think about and the ways that we can captivate their hearts and minds through storytelling to get to the analytical side of things. All right, you guys, it's been real. It's been fun. And it's been real fun. We'll see you guys next week. See ya. Bye. Bye.